The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. This is John 10, verse 1 through 15. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not know or own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep. Let's pray. Ah, Father, just thank you for that truth. God, that you are the good shepherd. Um, and even through all our wandering, God, uh, as just dumb sheep, um, you still seek us out and you protect us. Uh, and you love us so much even to lay down your life um, for each and every one of us, God. I ask that we... Um, you would just prepare our hearts today, that you would speak through Pastor Randall, God, that we would just hear your voice, and that we would be doers of this, uh, this world, God, not just hearers only. Yeah, so Father, uh, I just invite you into this place, um, that we may just hear your word, God, and that it may change our lives. Just thank you so much, and in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Good morning. All right. Well, if you're new this morning, welcome to Grace City. And uh, we are one week away from our one-year anniversary, which is crazy to me. Uh, as a church, we started almost a year ago uh, with services, and, and now we are where we're at, having waffle Sundays, having a great time. You know, it's awesome. Um, and speaker system's just going crazy. You know, it's, wow, it's amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, next week's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to be able to celebrate. Uh, we're going to have some tacos here that, that are going to be great. And uh, we're going to have ice cream sandwiches, which will be great. Um, but really, at the end of the day, the, the reason we're getting together is we're celebrating what Jesus has done. We're celebrating what Jesus has done in the city, um, in our lives. Um, and, and we get to celebrate uh, because it's worth celebrating. Uh, and so this is a great opportunity next week if you want to invite some friends out. Um, and, and really, the, the thing about our church is... We're not just like, uh, come and invite your friend's church, but it's like, invite people into your life. 
Invite people into who you are because we believe that our, our mission is to equip people with the gospel for everyday life. And so we know that uh, Sunday is one day of the week, but uh, to be the church is every day of the week. Amen? That, that's, that's what this is about. It's about being the church, not just going to church. And uh, so next week would be an awesome time to invite people, but um, and invite them into what God's already doing in, in your life and, and say, man, this is what God's doing and, and invite them into that and come be a part of the big celebration next week. Um, and so we're, we're in this series right now called All Things New. And uh, the reason we've been going through this series is because we've been going through the book of John and, and really seeing how Jesus uh, does a radical renewal in our lives of broken things. Um, and so our text this morning is John 10, 1 through 15. And thank you, Brendan, for reading. Um, and our message this morning is a new voice, a new voice. And so we've been talking about new eyes and a new story. And this today we're talking about a new voice. My question this morning is, what, what's your guiding voice in life? Uh, is it Siri, you know, on, on your phone? Like, what, what is your guiding voice in life? Um, there's an article written by a guy named Andrew Sullivan, and it was in uh, New York, uh, just an article there. And, and uh, here's what it was called. It's called, I Used to Be a Human Being. And here's the description of the article. He says, an endless bombardment of news and gossip and images has rendered us manic information addicts. It broke me. It might break you too. And here's what he says in the article. Every single minute on the planet, YouTube users upload 400 hours of video and Tinder users swipe profiles over a million times. Each day, there are literally billions of Facebook likes. Uh, online outlets now publish exponentially more material than they once did, churning out articles at a rapid fire pace, adding new details to the news every few minutes. Blogs, Facebook feeds, Tumblr accounts, uh, tweets, and propaganda outlets repurpose, borrow, and add topspin to the same output. Um, what he's saying is that we live in a, a world filled with Voices. Voices coming at you at every moment of the day. And so let me ask again, what's your guiding voice in life? As all of those things are bombarding your world, all of us need a guiding voice in life. Um, and we will look for that guiding voice in people. And so this might be parents, family, friends, leaders, which could be a good thing. Um, institutions. Uh, or maybe some of us are a little bit more independent, and so we say, well, I just follow that gut voice, that feeling in my gut. That's what I follow for life. But all of us would have to say that we all need a guiding voice. And here's the reality. Some of us say, if only I had my dad's voice to speak in my life, then things would be different for me. But I didn't have that. Or I wish I had a mentor that would have just took me aside and spoke and invested into my life. But I never had that. Or I wish I just had a mother figure in my life growing up. Or maybe you had all of those voices in your life and it still wasn't enough. Or maybe that voice has gone quiet. Right. One of the people that I would go to a lot was my grandfather. He's a very wise person and ask him questions about life. And my grandmother, and they passed away a year and a half ago. 
And you think about, man, if, if I just had that voice, that person in my life that I could just ask that question to. I had a young man come up to my door this past week. We were getting our kids ready. We were about to go to city group. And he knocked on the door, and i just gotten the kids out of the bath. And, and I run to the front door, and uh, it, it's this tall, 20-year-old African-American dude. And uh, we, we just started talking, and he was such a nice guy, amazing dude. We started talking. His name is Johannes. And uh, he, he was coming there selling uh, just some subscriptions for magazines. Um, but what happened, instead of buying subscriptions, but because I didn't have any money on me at that point, was we just started talking about life. And so we sat down on the bench there and started, we talked for probably a good 45 minutes. Just me, Johannes right there, sitting on this bench, 20-year-old kid. And uh, my heart broke for him. Because he said he grew up with no dad, uh, got in trouble, was in jail for a couple of years, and this was his second chance. His second chance at life. And he looked at me and he's like, Randall, I, he's like, I, I soak in these moments. I soak in these moments that I could just sit with another guy and just ask him about life. I soak these moments in because I didn't have that. And I looked him in the eye and I said, Johannes, whether you've got this or not, brother, there's a God that loves you. And there's a God that wants to invest in you and speak into your life like no person ever could. And he looked back and he says, I... I'm starting to realize that. And so we just sat there and we prayed and just encouraged him and gave him the little bit of money I had and just said, dude, go, you know, use it for whatever you can. But, but that moment, right? Like, I don't have that. I need a mentor's voice in my life. Whatever your story is, Jesus invites you and me today to listen to his voice so that he can navigate you through the trials of life. And here's the, the cool part. He never leaves us. He'll never leave us. The voice of Jesus is the only one that can shore up some of the hurts, the holes, and the gaps that we all have. And the visual of that voice that we see in today's text, and, and really all through Scripture, is the voice of a shepherd and his sheep. Look at verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Now, do you see God today as your shepherd? And do you see yourself today as a sheep? Now, seeing that visual of yourself as a sheep is probably not that flattering, right? Like, I don't feel like a sheep. I, I don't want to be a sheep. Um, but that's the visual it gives us in Scripture. And the visual of a shepherd is not that flattering to God either. But he calls himself a shepherd because he's trying to identify something that's a truth. It's intended to point us to the truth. And here's the truth. Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 12. Here's what it says. It says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that he that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. Now this visual of a sheep is interesting because here's the thing. There are no wild sheep. Think about that for a minute. There are no wild sheep. 
just hanging out there. Why? Because they aren't smart enough to be wild. Think about this. There are wild cats. There are wild dogs. There are wild, every type of animal you can think of, really. But there are no wild sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. Because if they don't have a shepherd, they die. What does a loose sheep look like? Well, here's the thing about sheep, and I don't know if you know this, but sheep, if they get turned on their back like a turtle, they can't flip back over. So they end up dying from starvation. They end up wandering into places and they can't get themselves out. They're not thinking to themselves, how do I get myself food? They're thinking, who's going to feed me today? So that, that's the thought process of a sheep. And shepherds know this about sheep and they have to live with the sheep, sleep with the sheep, protect and guide the sheep at every moment of this sheep's life. The shepherd is everything to the sheep. And the way the Bible portrays you and me is we need the shepherd at every moment of our lives. Every moment. Or else we're wandering and we're lost. And so have you adopted into your Christian life the idea of God being your shepherd and that you need his voice to survive? Because yes, you know the latest trends, movies, TV shows, songs, tabloids, gossip, Brad and Angelina are breaking up. Oh no, the world is coming apart. But do you hear God's voice? See, this is a different way of life. Uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon says this. He says, there are times when solitude is better than society and silence is wiser than speech. We should be better Christians if we were more alone, waiting upon God and gathering through meditation on his word, spiritual strength for labor in his service. Why is it that some Christians, although they hear many sermons, make but slow advances in the divine life because they neglect their closets and do not thoughtfully meditate on God's word? They love the wheat, but they do not grind it. They would have the corn, but they would not go forth in the fields to gather it. The fruit hangs upon the tree, but they will not pluck it. The water flows at their feet, but they will not stoop to drink it. From such folly deliver us, O Lord. You have the voice of God at your fingertips, but many of us are so bombarded with so many voices that we're not hearing from him right now. See, God wants to be the guiding voice for you today. But we must receive him as a shepherd. And knowing that we're the sheep, we need that. And in this series, we've been talking about the narrative through scripture. And the narrative is this, that from Genesis, it was creation. God created all things good. He created them and it was intended to be for good. But yet there was a fall. And we chose against God. We rebelled against God. We chose ourselves. And we said, God, I don't want you in the picture. And everything just blew up. The mess happened that we live in right now. And so we live in the fall. But then there was a redemption that happened. And so Jesus was sent into the world to redeem the mess, to come into the brokenness. And he became like us and took it on himself. 
And then we see the restoration of all things at the end in the book of Revelation when all things are going to be made completely new. It's Revelation 21 when Jesus says, I am making all things new. Restoration. And so the intention from the beginning was that we would have God's voice in our life that we wouldn't be lost. And, 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 I, and I want you today to, to think about back to Genesis chapter 3 as, as the world just kind of fell apart when Adam and Eve chose themselves and they chose to sin and rebel against God. They chose me, right? So they went in, they chose that, and then what, is, what happens next in the scene? We see God walking through the cool of the day and he's looking for Adam and Eve just like he looks for us today. And he asked this question, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Do you hear him shouting that question to you today? Where are you? John 10, 1 through 15. We're going to go through this. And just to give some background, um, last week, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the blind man who was healed by Jesus. And uh, the religious leaders were not happy about that. And so they reject Jesus. They don't want anything to do with him. They don't want to see what he wants them to see. They don't want to hear what uh, he wants them to hear. And now Jesus is telling us what his true followers look like, people who hear his voice, people who hear his voice. And so today we will focus on the listening part, the listening part. How does God's voice operate in our lives? And so there are three uh, parts to this text that we're going to break down. And so I'm going to give you all three parts up front. The first one is this. He calls, he knows, he leads. And so if you're taking notes today, he calls, he knows, he leads. How does God's voice operate in our lives? He calls, he knows, he leads. And so the first one, he calls. Look at uh, verse 3, okay? So verse 3, it says, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, so in verse 3, it's, what we see is this, that there's a shepherd and there's sheep, and there's a shepherd calling out, and you can hear his voice. Now, who is the initiator? Well, in this, as we're talking about the shepherd, the shepherd is the initiator. The shepherd's the one that's out there calling out to the sheep. And what we see later is that this shepherd is Jesus. It's God himself. And so God is the initiator. And it's his voice that's calling out to us. On this verse, commentator D.A. Carson says this. He says, Unlike Western shepherds who drive the sheep, often using a sheepdog, the shepherds of the Near East, both now and in Jesus' day, led their flocks, uh, their calling, uh, lead their flocks, their voice calling them on. Christ's sheep inevitably follow him. Okay, and so what he's saying is, okay, this is different. There's a shepherd that leads by calling out. He is shouting out. Do you see this visual of God calling out to you? Because this is the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. This is the gospel. That Jesus is not the man at the top of the stairs yelling, come to me. Right, like other religious Systems, you have to work your way into following, into believing, into something, right? Like, I'm going to work my way there, and then maybe eventually I will get there. 
But we see is Jesus is not the man at the top of the stairs saying, you need to come and work your way towards me. But he's the one who comes to the bottom of the stairs. And he comes to us. It's not come to me, but he says, I will come to you. And what we see is a shepherd comes to the sheep. He doesn't wait for the sheep to come to them. See, this is important. To hear his voice, you must come to the person of Jesus. Right? There are plenty of us who are looking. We're saying, well, God, where's your voice? Like, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear from you. But here, here's what it says in verse 9, because this is the key to it. He says, I am the door. If anyone, anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Okay, to hear his voice, to hear the voice of God, is to come to Jesus and say, you're the only way that I can hear the voice of God. Here's what it is. The gospel is narrow in nature, that it says that there's one door. But it's very inclusive in nature when it says everyone can come through this door. Everyone can come to me to hear my voice. But it's in the person of Jesus that we do this. And so today, if you're looking for God's voice in your life, I would encourage you, come to Jesus. That's where you will hear God's voice loud and clear. A.W. Tozer says this, We never need shout across the spaces to an absent God. He is nearer than our our own soul closer than our most secret thoughts. See, the visual many of the times is when we approach Christianity, I got to call out to God and maybe he'll come to me. But here's what I want you to visualize. It's the other way around. It's him calling out to you and to me to come. And if we didn't hear his voice, there would be no way that we would ever come. See, God is the initiator and it's his voice that calls out to us. And so enter through that door. Enter through Jesus. So the first one is he calls. The second point is that he knows. And so we're going to see this at the second part of verse 3 and then in verse 14, okay? And so it says in verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name. He calls his own sheep by name. And so I just want to give some quick insights here about about this because we're going to see this in verse 14 too. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. So when we're talking about knowing in the Bible, it's just not knowing of something, but it's knowing intimately. And so Jesus doesn't invite us into a bunch of rules, right? Like follow the rule book, but he invites us into a relationship with him that is very intimate in knowledge and knowing who he is and and what he's done. And so he he says he calls them by name. Now think about this for a minute, that God would know your name. He knows you specifically. You're not just a number to him. Think about this. He knows what you're going through. And think about the position of the shepherd and the sheep. The sheep are behind, the shepherd's in front. What he's saying is that I will go through it before you do. I'll walk through it and navigate you and lead you through it. But I'll go first. 
That's the beautiful picture of the shepherd that, that comes and he walks you through it. And so he knows what you're going through. And he knows what you need. He will prepare you for the journey ahead. He'll give you exactly what you need. See, knowing someone by name is the intimacy of I care. I care. He cares. He cares so much. Listen to this. Luke 12, 7 says this. Even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Let that soak in for a minute. That the God of the universe knows you by name, but he says that you're more valuable than what you believe right now. He knows you. And he knows what you're going through. And the third part about how his voice operates is this. Um, he leads. He leads. Uh, verse 3 and 4 and then we're going to look at verse 11 real quick. But here's what it says in verse 3 and 4. It says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all, or out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They know his voice. And then verse um, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Okay, so let's break this down. For Jesus to be the leader of your life. He comes in as a shepherd and he must become everything. Like everything. See, if, if the shepherd doesn't lead, the sheep will die. Like, do we believe that? And we ask ourselves, well, well why? Why would that happen? Well, just like in real life, there are dangers. The dangers that he, he explains right here is he says, there are thieves, there are robbers, there are wolves. There's danger. Man, the longer that you live through life, if, if you don't have that voice, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had those moments where I'm thinking, Lord, I don't know how to navigate this right now. I don't know what's going on in life right now. I don't know how to get through this. And so I need your guiding voice to help me navigate this so I don't mess this up. Because I don't know how to. What he's saying is, I will lead you through those moments. Because the Bible is very clear that there will be dangers in life. See, that's the cool part. Like, the Bible doesn't minimize life and say, oh, you're not going to go through any troubles. There's not gonna, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be awesome. But it says you're going to go through troubles in life. And you can either go through those troubles with him leading you or on your own. That's the scary reality of it. So it's like, do we come to this conclusion that, yes, I need him to guide me? Because being led is about dependence. I think Timothy Keller nails it on the head with this one. He says, most of us don't want a shepherd. We want a consultant. We don't want a shepherd. We want a consultant. Jesus, you can come in. You can tell me a few things here and there about life. But really, I've got this. Like, I look at my 33-year-old self, and I think to myself, if, 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 
If I were to go back to my 18-year-old self, were there some things I would have told myself? Yes. Yes. Because there's things that I, I did in those 15 years that I regret. Right? There are things that I did, I was like, man, I would go back and tell myself. Now, would my 18-year-old self listen to me? Probably not. No. But I want you to know that that's, that's why we're sheep, right? <laughs> like, that's why, like, I thought I knew. But the longer I live life, the more I realize I don't know. And I need a shepherd. So if you come in here hurting today and thinking, man, I, I, I've got this figured out. I mean, I would tell you, like, live life a little bit longer and you'll realize you need more than just a consultant. You need a shepherd. See, my kids right now, uh, one of the, the things that I, that I know about them is, is they think they know more than they do. And, um, you know, I've got three, six, four, and three years old, uh, one boy, two girls. And one of the things is, um, you know, their response like, I love it when I hear my three-year-old. So she started recently, Ava. She started saying, yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. So she's like very responsive, you know, like actually listening to what we're saying. Like, that's great. Awesome. And, um, but, but the worst is no response. They're just running around chaotic. And, and here's the thing. Like, we live in this area where there's a sidewalk and like you can't really see around the corner. And so recently, uh, my kids have been doing the skateboard around the corner, running around the corner, and uh, just got their little scooter, and so they're taking that around the corner. The thing that they don't know around that corner is that there's potential dangers, right? There's, there's cars that could come up, there's people, there's all types of things. They just don't know. They're like zooming by, they're going around the corner. But the thing is, the dad knows that there's things that could hurt them around the corner. And so for me, to lead them well, I need to shout out to them. L, Kai, Ava, watch out. Be careful. Come back. I can't see you. I have to shout out to them. And they can either listen, say, yes, daddy, or they can do the no response thing, which isn't fun. But for them to be led well, they need to be dependent on my voice. And the same thing is true in your Christian life. See, here's how the kingdom of God works. When you feel the most disoriented and most dependent and is when you are the most oriented and in tune with real life. Let me say this again, okay? Here's how the kingdom of God works. When you feel the most disoriented and most dependent is when you are the most oriented and in tune with real life. Do you know when we make some of our biggest mistakes is when we think that our own voice, that we can trust it and we can do whatever we want and we go into this direction and we lead ourselves and it just really turns out not so good. But it's when you are dependent that you start to hear his voice and you start to be guided 
and you feel disoriented and you're like, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what's going on is when you're actually most oriented because you're going to be in a humble position waiting for him to lead you and to guide you. And so he leads and he says, I am the good shepherd. The thing about being good is that you don't have to worry if, or be concerned if he's leading you into something bad or he's going to hurt you. Because the thing is that he doesn't do that. You may be wounded, but God allows it for our good. Some takeaways. Uh, the first one is this. We must believe that we need his voice. We must believe that we need his voice. And so, have you ever been paralyzed by fear of a decision or so wrapped up in someone's criticism of you that you don't know how to respond? I have. And so, this is why you need his voice. This is why you need it. His voice has to be greater than the other voices in your life. Let's be honest. People are mean. Life is cruel. You need the shepherd to come in and tell you the truth. And uh, what if for a moment you believe the words of Jesus? How would your life change? How would your life change? Uh, this past week I was on Facebook and, and a close friend of mine, a, a mentor, he's got um, two girls and great wife and just awesome family. And he's really... Um, encouraging his family really well but he's encouraging them in the gospel in, in in grace you know sometimes you walk out the door and you just feel like this heavy weight like i gotta do this or, or, or there's no way that that i can get through the day but but um i'll put this up real quick i think we got a picture of what he does and so um you can't really see all of what it says there but it says is today going to be a good day are we going to be positive? Question mark. Because of Jesus, I am strong, I'm smart, I'm kind, I work hard, I never give up. And I saw this and I was just like, this is somebody, this is a family who's encouraging their family in the gospel. This is good news as you're walking out the door, right? Like, why do I have these things? Why can I go out into the world positively? Because I got a good shepherd. His name's Jesus, and I'm strong, I'm smart, I'm kind, I work hard, I never give up because he's with me. You need his voice. So do this. Speak it. Encourage one another. Help one another. Read his word. You'll see that it's true. So that's the first takeaway is we must believe that we need his voice. So what are you doing to encourage yourself, your family, people around you in that voice? Uh, the second is we will hear his voice in the calm, not the clutter. We will hear his voice in the calm, not the clutter. Man, I, I don't know about you, but the the way that the world is operating right now, it's like, 100 miles an hour, every moment, news just popping up everywhere, every which way. Just the growth of, you know, how many people own a smartphone now? 
It's insane. Just five years ago, the amount of people compared to now who own a smartphone, it's like astronomical. And so it's, we've, we've got constant communication voices coming at us all the time. And so what are you willing to do to declutter your life so you can hear his voice? What are you willing to do to declutter your life so you can hear his voice? Do you want to hear his voice? Do you want to be guided by his voice? Because it's going to be through prayer and Bible reading, encouragement, starting small. You're just saying, God, I, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear it. And really, that's how you approach the Bible reading. Is you say, Lord, like, help me today. I want to hear your voice. If you don't, then it's just probably going to be a bunch of words, and you're just going to do it to check it off the list. You're saying, Lord, help me to understand. Help me to see you. Help me to meditate on this. Help me to think on this. Because right now, the way that my world is operating is not calm. It's clutter. And some of us are so stressed out that there's no way that we're going to survive it. So you need his voice, and there will be distractions. There will be. So what are you willing to do to declutter your life so you can hear his voice? The next one is this. His voice will lead uh, to conclusions you never would have come up with on your own. His voice leads to conclusions you never would have come up with on your own. Okay? Um, this is, this is what Eugene Peterson says. I think this is really good. He says, Praying most often doesn't get us what we want, but what God wants. Something quite at variance with what we conceive to be our, in our best interests. Like when you're, when you're praying and you're saying, God, lead me, sometimes he's not going to give you the thing that you thought you needed. I needed that one. I needed that job. I needed that promotion. I need this thing. Like, I needed that. He's like, no, you didn't. No, if you would have gone there, because think about this. If you would have got that promotion or if you got that, that, that thing, that might have been the thing that just stressed you out, took you away from the thing that matters most. And so God will give you what's best. Not always what's going to be the thing that you thought you needed. Um, and here's the last takeaway his voice will guide us to the end his voice will guide us to the end um so my wife was telling me about this story this week and, and you can find the story it's it's actually all over it's um in malcolm gladwell's latest book called um david and goliath but it's in chapter nine and it's about a man named Andre Trachmi. And uh, in the book, um, it's, a, it's a really amazing story about a man who was a French war hero. Um, he refused to turn the uh, Jewish refugees over to the Nazis during the occupation and um, basically defied the Nazis to their face. And they're like, well, well, how did he do this? Like, how, how did he stand up against the voice of the Nazis coming at him? Threatening his life. Well, 
Gladwell in his book and, and people have done research and studies say, you know, he had this amazing trust and dependence on God's voice in his life. This amazing trust. And so Gladwell says it like this. It's because you left me. When Trachme was 10 years old, he was in a car accident. His father drove too fast. Car spun out of control. Uh, his mother was thrown from the vehicle 30 feet from the wreckage. And uh, Andre saw her body and just suffered greatly because she died on impact. Uh, the unfairness of it all gave him this dark, almost black courage. And uh, he'd seen the worst. He'd seen the worst. And after that, um, his trust in God, it was like nothing scared him. And many years after the accident, he wrote this letter to his um, deceased mother. And it really was a confession. Here's what he writes. He says, if I have been a fatalist and I've been a pessimistic child who awaits death every day and who almost seeks it out, if I've opened myself slowly and late to happiness, and if I am still a somber man, incapable of laughing wholeheartedly, if it's because you left me that June 24th upon that road, but if I've believed in eternal realities, if I've thrust myself toward them, it is also because I was alone, because you were no longer there to be my God, to fill my heart with your abundant and dominating life. The way that he described it, because he, he became a pastor, and through his ministry, 5,000 Jewish refugees were saved. He said it was because he was alone. He was alone with God. And all he had was God's voice guiding him through life that got him to this place where he said, God, you're all I need. That's why you have to follow this to the end. That's why you have to keep going, trusting that the shepherd has got you. Because he wants to do amazing things as you listen to his voice and keep moving forward. See, you and I need a new voice in our life. One that will last. One that will thrust us into things that we never thought we would have done. I never thought I would have planted a church. But God's voice brings you to places you never thought you would be. And he'll protect you from the most imminent dangers. See, here's the gospel as we end this morning. Jesus knew that we would die without his voice in our lives. So instead of us dying, he obeyed his father's voice and remained silent for us. Look at Isaiah 53, 7. It says this. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. The shepherd became the sheep. And so when it says in verse 15, I lay down my life for the sheep, 
The way that it can be translated is this. I lay down my life instead of the sheep. Instead of us going to our eventual death, he says, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. And so now you can come, listen to his voice, lay down your life at the foot of the cross, knowing that he is all you need to navigate life, no matter what your life currently looks like. He can speak into it in ways no one could. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you asking for your voice to come strongly into our lives. Lord, we need you. We want to be guided by you. And so help us this morning, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.